Hey everyone! In case you haven't noticed, we live in some confusing, challenging, and changing times. It sure isn't easy to follow Jesus in 2021. How can we stay grounded in our faith? Stay true to biblical convictions? And how can we become more like Christ and share Him with the world around us? This is Real Christian Talk with Pastor Steve. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Real Christian Talk. And today, unexpectedly, I really felt it heavy on my heart for the first time in the entire history of this show, which is now 11 episodes long. Uh, I felt it on my heart to continue um, covering and discussing the topic of race. Last week, we had a discussion about how the gospel of Jesus Christ is the ultimate answer to the world for the racial tensions and injustices which currently uh, are at the forefront of discussion in our society. And I plan to leave it at that, but I really felt it on my heart to continue on that conversation. And so today, we're going to be talking more about how the gospel has major implications for race relations and for racial injustice. But before you tune me out, and, and some people will, as soon as you hear that, you 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 may assume that I'm going to try and push uh, one perspective or the other on how to combat those things. Please bear with me and give this episode a listen, because my heart is always geared toward what does scripture tell us and how do we walk this Christian walk out and bear uh, witness to Jesus Christ to the world around us. And so today, I'm going to be reading from what may be a familiar passage to you, hopefully, and that's going to be from Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, reading verse 25, and it's going to be a long one today. And I really felt I need to read the whole thing. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 says, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Then he said to him, What is written in the law? Have you read it? And he answered, Well, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Verse 30, Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, And he fell down among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half naked. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Now which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He answered, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. Powerful passage of scripture. 
and more powerful and shocking than you may think. And we're going to be unpacking that here in today's episode. But first, I wanted to uh, to recount, you know, uh, and 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 uh, continue to comment on on what's been going on in in our society and in the national conversation. And my heart and my burden is not just specifically, really, on on where society is with these issues, but how are Christians responding to them? And we, as as part of the body of Christ, we really have one of two options when it comes to. Uh, everything that we see happening in in our politics when it comes to everything that we see happening with the pandemic and everything that we see happening with our culture with race relations and that is either we can be we can be overcome by it we can succumb to it or we can stick out stand up speak up and show up as the body of Christ and and really show the love of Jesus share the message of Jesus and live out the love of Jesus and I believe that is what God's heart is for us as the church. But unfortunately, when it comes to race and when it comes to, um, you know, how to address, um, you know, what's going on in our society around race, I see the divide that is happening in society happening in the church. And I see it between how white and black evangelical Christians, uh, the lens in which we view the world, and the solutions that we, uh, that the stands that we take on things, and I think that that's uh, is not God's heart for us. And and so, you know, I think it's important that we really take a moment to stop and ask ourselves whether we are allowing our differences to help to help bring us together, or if we're allowing our differences to further divide us. Um, A few years ago, and I mentioned this in an earlier episode, my wife and I attended an event that was really unlike any Christian event we'd ever seen or been a part of before. And it was something that was held in Washington, D.C. called Together in the summer of 2016. It was a July day, and, um, you know, it was a special event right in the middle of of one of the most polarizing presidential election uh, seasons in our country's history, and together was really billed as this ultimate attempt to bring Bible-believing, Christ-following Christians of all denominational and racial stripes to come together and worship Jesus and, and, uh, and to be further united as one. And it was a beautiful event. Unfortunately, one of the main things I remember the most about it is how hot it was that day. It was so hot that they had to shut down the event way early, several hours early. It happened to be the hottest day in 2016 up to that point in that year, and so they had to shut it down. But you had a mixture of different genres of of artists. You had different speakers um, uh, from the Christian evangelical world that that were there. And one of the artists who spoke was Christian hip-hop artist Lecrae. And what Lecrae said... Uh, stuck out to me from a lot of the other speakers. Now, I'm just going to be honest and say I, I love Lecrae uh, in terms of, you know, I love some of his his music, particularly his older music. I don't agree with everything he says. Um, so just because I bring him up, please don't think that means I think Lecrae's, you know, amazing and everything he says I agree with because I don't. But Lecrae kind of, kind of in a sense made me think of the parable of the Good Samaritan with what he had to say. And what he had to say was that he was, his heart was breaking over what he felt was the silence 
of a lot of fellow Christians uh, over the issue of racial injustice. And he pointed to a string of of high-profile uh, shootings with uh, blacks killed by, by, by cops. And, you know, uh, his thing was that Christians should never be silent when it comes to injustice and when it comes to racial injustice. That we as, as Christians, if anything, it should be the other way around. We should be the ones who would be uh, the ones who would stand up, the ones who would, who would speak out against any kind of injustice. And his challenge to us was uh, to remember our black brothers and sisters in Christ and to have some compassion and, and to be willing to try and, and listen and, and, uh, and see things from their perspective when it comes to what's going on in the country. And it was something that stuck out to me uh, way back then among the many uh, the many speakers. And the reality is that evangelical Christians do struggle when it comes to the issue of race. We simply have a hard time coming together over racial injustices, over how to combat racial injustices, over the degree to which there are uh, racial injustices and and to the degree in which that still remains a problem uh, in our society. The reality is that white and black Christians just simply see uh, the world around us very, very differently. And so, uh, you know, sometimes uh, what we try to do is just not talk about it, not talk about it at all. And, and I'm going to be totally honest with you all here in this episode as an evangelical Bible-believing Christian, uh, what I have found is that uh, dealing with and discussing different issues that are tough to talk about, whether it's the exclusivity of of Christ and his claims through the, the reality of hell, or if it's homosexuality, the definition of marriage, abortion, um, what I have found is that it's over the issue of race and that issue and racism and racial injustice that has always proven to be the toughest topic for me to broach. Whether that's on a Facebook post, whether that's in a sermon, whether that's in a, in a, a discussion or, 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 or in a podcast episode, um, it, it has proven to always be the most sensitive, the most complex issue. And the reality is that most, uh, you know, most black and white Christians agree on theological and a lot of even social issues, even though uh, white evangelicals tend to vote Republican and black evangelicals tend to vote Democratic. And it's not always the case, but that seems to be where the majorities are are at. When it comes to theology, when it comes to uh, the Bible, and when it comes to, you know, everything from abortion to gay marriage to, you know, those tough topics of the day, black and white Christians are actually, for the most part, pretty pretty alike on, on their theology with those things. But when it comes to race, when it comes to racism itself, again, it's it's easier to just not go there. It's easier to, to just be completely silent and not t- touch it with a 10-foot pole. And I really debated whether or not, because I just didn't feel like I could move on yet from that episode last week. I really debated, do I continue that conversation or do I just stop it there and and, and move on, you know, uh, and maybe broach it one day. But the reality is we have to talk about it. And I don't believe personally that talking about that is a betrayal of the gospel. If anything, I believe that talking about it is part of the implications of the gospel. And the passage I covered right now from from Luke 10 is is a huge 
reason why. Now, I did want to make a couple of clarifications from last uh, week's episode. Um, first off, personally, I, Stephen Mitchell, do not subscribe to the politics of Black Lives Matter, but I do wholeheartedly support the the sentiment that Black Lives Matter. And I believe that that's a biblical mantra. Sure, it's being used by a political organization. It's become a social movement for uh, raising awareness of social injustice and to combat that through political and, and, and social means. I, as an evangelical Christian, I'm not interested per se in that, but I am interested in uh, how this is a moment for us as Christians to affirm the dignity, worth, and equal value of, of black Christians, of black people as human beings creating the image of God. And Christians who believe the Bible should not allow the, the politicking of that issue to keep us from affirming what scripture and the gospel are all about, which is, of course, that black lives matter. Um, and, and so I have no problem attesting to that sentiment that God created races. And I do believe that we're all united in Christ to be part of his people, of which there will be a lot of diversity and of which we will worship together in heaven for all eternity. And I do believe as an American that America does have a history of racism. And yes, uh, I would say that our country certainly had a long history of racism and that our society uh, and our institutions, our laws uh, for several generations had a lot of, of, of racism uh, embedded in every aspect of it. Now, that being said, I think our country, our culture, our society's come a very long way and, and I, I love America and everything that America stands for. Uh, but if we dare think that you know, racism is not a reality here in the United States of America, you know, the Rodney King case was only, you know, what, three decades ago. I mean, um, I could point to a bunch of other cases that clearly were evidences and examples of racial injustices that have continued to be a problem in this country. So to say we're past it is just simply not accurate. The degree to which it remains a problem is, is the debate. And I'm not here to wad into that aspect of the debate. But I am here to say that I do believe as Christians, we have to be better than the dividing politics of of the moment. We have to be better than how we perceive the world around us. Even though if if you're white, you see things a certain way. If you're black, you see, see, see things a certain way. And we may not agree on all those things, but as brothers and sisters in Christ, our love has to be greater than that. And our ability to conversate has to be greater than that. And our ability to have compassion and empathy has to be greater than that. And and I believe that is the challenge that is there for us. As I said last week in my episode discussing this last week, uh, I reject the idea that I have to be all in one way or the other with this, this complex issue. I believe that you can acknowledge that that you respect and appreciate those who serve in law enforcement and, and, and at the same time acknowledge when there are examples of racial injustice and, and acknowledge that racism 
is still a fact of life in in this country to some extent. Uh, And more than anything else, even if we don't necessarily see things the same way that others do, we still have a call to rise above the polarization that is gripping our society. And we have a biblical obligation, a biblical obligation to always stand up against any form of injustice, to speak out on behalf of those who are oppressed, and to have compassion for those who are suffering. And I would use every point that I just said very fervently when it comes to the issue of the unborn just as much as it would be in any case of racial injustice or of racism. And so we can go to the parable of the Good Samaritan and draw out a number of things that I think are important and very relevant for the times in which we live. When we read the parable of the Good Samaritan, we can never fully grasp just how absolutely scandalous and shocking it was if you were one of the audience members that day to hear Jesus share this parable. Because what is so absolutely stunning and shocking about this story is that the villain of the story are the people who were religious, the people who knew better, the people who should have cared about the injustice that had just occurred and instead passed by, were indifferent, were silent about it. And the one who actually helped was the racial, cultural, religious enemy of the Jew, the Samaritan. You see, today, when we hear the phrase, the good Samaritan, we think of a model citizen who who did what was right to help out someone who was in need. We are so far removed from the context in which Jesus gave this parable that we simply cannot take in totality the absolute shock and scandal of, of, of how Jesus had a Samaritan as the model hero of this story. Because Jews and Samaritans had a lot of, of racial, cultural, and religious hostility. And yet, it's the Samaritan who, who cares about, about the plight of this Jew and who steps up to help. And so, the parable of the Good Samaritan is not just about helping someone who's in need, being kind and, and loving uh, and, and doing whatever you can to help someone who's in a spot. The parable of the Good Samaritan is a radical call that shows the power of the gospel in that someone who should have been an enemy, someone who is so different than, than, than this person, who's different racially, who's different uh, religiously, culturally, could step up and help this person out. And Jesus said that is who was a neighbor to this person. And he tells us to go and do likewise. And so from that story, we know that God has called us to have compassion to have compassion on anyone who is suffering, on anyone who is suffering any kind of injustice or plight, to do everything we can to reach out in love, to help those who are in need, and to speak up and speak out against any injustice. And that is the call, I believe, for all of us as Christians, and that applies in various contexts. But God has called us with whomever is our neighbor, 
whoever is in our lives, who is perhaps our enemy politically, who voted differently than we did, who's got an entirely different ideology, or whose cultural ethnic background is different than ours, or whose skin is lighter or darker than ours. Jesus has called us to show love and to show compassion and to show empathy. Rather than tuning out, rather than taking uh, 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 put, being deaf to, to, to the plight and cry of, of others uh, with whom we may disagree, or, or you know, uh, before we, we've made up our mind on something, we have to come back to the art of being willing to listen, of being willing to hear each other out, of being willing to recognize that the gospel has to always be front and center the message that we preach and that we convey. I am never in favor of allowing any other message to eclipse the gospel. The gospel that God was reconciling the world to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And that we have forgiveness, redemption, spiritual rebirth available to us by repenting and trusting in Jesus. That has always got to be front and center, the focus and the mission of the church. Absolutely. You'll never find me uh, in any way trying to negate that as being the front and center message we're known for. But a natural uh, consequence of, of that message that God reconciles the world to himself in Christ is that God is also reconciling us to each other and us who are racially different, us who are culturally different, ethnically different, that he's bringing us together through the cross of Jesus Christ. And if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ who who believes in what the Bible teaches and what the Bible tells us uh, in things like the parable of the Good Samaritan, well, then it absolutely has implications for the world in which we're living. And so I would just challenge all of us as I wrap this episode up uh, to remember our neighbor, to remember uh, that even if we do not necessarily see what's happening in the world around us the same way, even if our politics are not the same, uh, we are still called to show love to our neighbor. And if that neighbor happens to be a Christian, well, the Bible says, let's do good to especially those who belong to the household of faith. And so we as Christians, we should not be passive. We should not be silent. We should not be closing our hearts and our minds to trying to see things from the perspective. That's what the art of listening really is of someone else. Uh, even if, again, we, we just simply, at the end of the day, agree to disagree on things. The reality is that we, as Christians, should always have compassion and care for any person or any group that is suffering or that is hurting or that is experiencing pain. And uh, I wanted to, to uh, read a, a brief excerpt from a new recent book that came out that I highly recommend called The Secular Creed, Engaging Five Contemporary Claims. And uh, in the first chapter on the Black Lives Matter movement, the author writes, Ultimately, Black Lives Matter not because progressive people have told us so, but because the equal value of every human, regardless of race, walks off the pages of Scripture with the sound of a trumpet. Black lives matter enough for the Son of God to shed his blood so that black men and women might have eternal life with him. 
Black Lives Matter because Jesus says so. Christians must work for justice for historically crushed and marginalized people because Jesus came to bring good news to the poor and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Christians should be the first to fight for racial justice and to pursue love across racial differences, not because of any cultural pressure from outside, but because of scriptural pressure from inside. And so I leave you with this charge as I do at the end of every episode, as it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. Stand firm in your faith and let everything that you do be done in love. God bless.